Can you hear me? Yeah. yeah. Is that okay? Is it on? Yeah. Um, good morning. Uh, Salama pagi. Yeah. Bon dia. We can choose the language here. <laughs> uh, no. Um, you know, the reason we show this video with some pictures and, and the song is the song, we love the song because it's how we feel. Uh, we are nothing special. Uh, we are just ordinary people. Uh, a word that I learned in, in Bahasa, Indonesia, really early, it was the word biasa. And biasa means ordinary. And we don't use the word ordinary, and I don't use it, in, at least in my daily life, you know. It's kind of a, but over there, biasa is something that we use all the time. Oh, that's a, just orang biasa. It's just, a, it's just a normal person. There's nothing special about it. And that's how we feel. We feel like we're just nobodies that God is you know, has chosen and called us to something specific over there, and we are glad to be there, glad to follow him and, and to, to uh, yeah, to be part of what God is doing. That's, that's what we feel, you know. We are just happy to be part of what God is doing. Uh, what I have planned for this uh, time, and I hope you understand, there's no way that we can possibly give you guys a report of four years in just a few minutes. You know, uh, and, and that's not the goal. Um, there's a lot of stories. We're going to skip many of them. But my prayer is that our testimony here, our time with you guys, will encourage you to keep your eyes focused and eternity, to keep your eyes focused in Jesus, and to encourage you just to keep walking with Him, using the opportunities that God is giving you uh, to be a blessing to those around you. Before... And anything else, I'd like to say thank you again. Kelly mentioned in Sunday School, but thank you for being part of this. Um, we feel like uh, for every partner that we have, churches that we go, or sending church, they are part of what is happening over there through us. And we appreciate your prayers. We appreciate your support, uh, your involvement, your care. Uh, thank you for the notes that we get from Chuila. Every once in a while, we get somebody saying, "Hey, we're praying for you. Uh, wondering how things are going." And thank you for that. That is very encouraging. Um, and Kelly mentioned in Sunday school, we feel like uh, one of the reasons that we are still kicking, you know, we're still alive, we're still moving forward, is because we have a support of the body of Christ just um, praying for us and supporting us. Thank you for that. Um, we left four years ago with uh, three specific goals, and and I'm gonna mention here. I probably mentioned this before when I was here. You know, we had we had plans. We make plans. I made plans to go back to Indonesia in May 11th. It might not happen. You know, things are pretty crazy out there. So we make plans, but we need to learn to just hold our plans very loosely, you know, and not tight. This is my plan, and it's going to happen. Um, in a culture like uh, Asia, it's uh, easy for us to, to get um, overwhelmed because we make plans and things never happen the way we plan it, you know. Uh, I've been making plans since they arrived in Indonesia, and every day is different, you know. So uh, we have to learn to just hold our plans with our hands open, and trust that God is going to use the day, use the opportunity, use the language session, whatever it is, um, for His glory. 
and that he's going to just use that opportunity for me to grow in my language study or my language knowledge, whatever, you know. So we left America 2015 with three specific goals. One was learn the national language. So that is a requirement. We have to. We have to be fluent in Bahasa Indonesia. I have to be able to speak Bahasa just like I speak English with you guys now. Why is that so important? Well, because the message that we have is important. And we want to be clear in communicating that message. Well, but you're going to a tribe. They speak a different language. True. I might have to do another language study as soon as I go back. But why so spend so much time learning the national language? Because we are going to be working not by ourselves. We're going to be working through the local church, through the, the believers that are there, you know, and reaching out the communities around them. And also, we also going to be working together with the national co-workers. We have a training center in Indonesia. We have national um, missionaries that have been serving in Indonesia. So we need to have a common language. Uh, part of our leadership in Jakarta, they, are, they don't speak English. They don't speak Portuguese. So we have to have a common language. So that was determined back many years ago that all missionaries serving in Indonesia needs to be to a certain level. This level was not very high, but it turned out that people were missing some things and missing some opportunities because they were not fluent in the language. So we changed that. So now the policy is you're going to be fluent in the language. So we did that. Um, the second um, uh, goal was a team formation. We mentioned Sunday school a little bit about that. You know, I didn't want to have my fingers in choosing who I'm going to be working with. So I totally said, Lord, please just go ahead of us and, and put this team together. Because I, I want to see you're doing it. And... And the third um, goal was to have a ministry location. Because Indonesia is such a large country, how can I possibly know where I'm going to serve? Where is the place that needs the most, you know? Um, it is hard. I mean, some people say there's no way to reach the wrong people, you know? If they need God, well, that's mission field. Let's go for it. True. But God knows us, and He knows where we fit better. He knows our skills, or He knows our, our hearts, He knows our talents, or, you know, gifts, and, and he, he can place us in a place that we can be more useful. Three goals, pretty impossible to reach. You know, honestly, I'm not a language expert. People think, oh, you speak three languages, come on, don't be so, you know, Humble? I said, no, <laughs> I am not. Uh, because I cannot break down languages and understand linguistics and all that. I don't understand that. If I learned language, if I learned English, it was because God was very gracious to me. You know, um, honestly, English was harder than Indonesian. Because Indonesian makes sense, you know, everything is. <laughs> But it does make sense, you know. Um, anyways, impossible tasks that we had ahead of us. We returned last summer fluent in Bahasa. My wife and I passed the final check in May last year uh, with, uh, you know, good results. And we didn't know. I mean, we do a test for the final of the language and we feel like, I failed this thing, you know. I answered the questions, but man, she asked me something that I, I know how to say that. 
But the silly thing is uh, they know that we know. And they are not trying to make us feel bad. They're just showing, you know, we push you to more than you actually are able so we can place you in the position that you are in language study. And so um, we got, I got to capable high, which is um, the requirement for um, the head of house, household, you know, for the guys. And for the wives and single, single girls, I guess, is high too, right? Um, for the wives, is capable mid, which means that I have just a little bit more of ability of speaking into a certain area, which is the church area. Like uh, I can preach in Indonesian, even though I don't feel comfortable doing, but uh, that's kind of the, the reality. Kelly didn't have much of that exposure, but she got to a higher level, which is drives me crazy. No, they, they all require just half of the time that the guys are. So I have to study harder to get to the same level. I said, the wives are amazing. Yeah, Kelly was a great encouragement for me because many days I felt like I will never learn this language. And that was exactly what happened. We came back last summer and we were burned out. We were done. We finished our language study. We finished all that. I mean, just look at it. We have a team. We have ministry locations. We are fluent in Bahasa, so we're awesome. No, we were feeling like, let's not go back. Let's stay. Let's just find something else. Let's just go back to Brazil. Come on. You know, we, we feel like, it. what is next? The day after we finish our, our final eval, I felt, like, what do I do now? I've been doing this for so long that I don't even know what to function, what to do now, you know? And we were so far to get to the tribe yet. We were still in the process of moving that way because things are slow. They don't actually go as fast as you wish. So, why was that? Um, the last four years were probably the hardest time we had in our lives. It stretches in all ways. And I'm not saying this just to say, oh, poor you, you know. No, I'm saying this because in the midst of our weaknesses and our, our inability and our feeling like we are not able to do, God was accomplishing what he wanted to we got to the point that we were supposed to be. And we felt for the most time that we were not doing what we were supposed to be doing. Why is that? Throughout our, our language study, we moved a lot um, to different places. So we moved in central Indonesia. We were living in Manado, and we didn't have a consultant at that time. So we did language study for about a year just by ourselves. And when we got to the the you know, towards the end of that time, we visited with a consultant from a different region. And I said, man, please give me some direction because I don't know what else to do. I plan my sessions. I sit down with my language helper. I get data. I process it. And I don't know what, what I need to do with that. I feel like I'm not learning anything. I feel like the words just go and go in and out. And I just... I don't feel that I can actually communicate any better. So he looked over my material and everything, and he said, you know, it's all right. You're doing what you're supposed to do. Just keep going. Um, when we arrive in Indonesia, we arrive as uh, unfinished tools, and I think that's reality for all of us. You know, uh, One of the things that's very important in the Papua culture is, is 
this thing. <laughs> it's pretty funny. This is pretty fancy one, okay? They don't have all this like that, but it's an axe head. So it's made out of stone. It's just a piece of stone, um, a very special one. Some are very expensive. It can cost quite a few thousand dollars, you know, for, for one thing like this. They can buy a village with this. You know, guys can buy a wife with one of these, you know. So, um, but it's just a stone. Do you need one? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, it's just a stone. But after, process, after sh- you know, shaping it and after uh, making into the, the shape of, of an axe head like they have like this and attached to a piece of firewood, if you will. If you look up, it's going to look like a firewood, but they attach that over here. You have yourself a tool that can be used to carve a canoe, to cut trees, to do things that they need to do around the village. So, if I will see a rock like this, I said, oh, it's pretty nice green rock, but yeah, it's useless to me. But in the hands of the right person, they can become a very useful tool. And this is just a, a, an example of what we, we are in the God's hands. We are unfinished tools. We are tools that can, were set aside or, or pieces that were set aside to, to be used in, in a very specific work. But we need to be work on. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, we need to be shaped. We need to be sharpened. We need to be prepared to be used in what God is doing. For specific jobs, we often need specific tools. This last winter now, um, I mean, it's still winter here, I guess, but uh, in December, my parents came uh, from Brazil uh, to spend Christmas for, with us, and that was very special. So I was working in an old uh, pickup, you know, F-150, uh, old Ford, 1990. Um, very nice looking, but it was bad shape. The, the engine was needing some attention. Well, um, my dad was, was helping me with the project, and one day we wanted to replace the gasket on the oil pan. And I look all the videos on YouTube, and I want to do it without having to remove the engine, you know, because that is a lot of work. So I said, I'm going to do it with the engine on the truck, you know. I found one video of one brave guy that did that, and it was miserable to watch. He said, you know, this is going to be very hard to do. So I said, okay, one step at a time. We got our tools. I had a few tools. I borrowed some, and then we start working and taking all those 18 bolts that were around the whole, you know, the oil pan. I got all of them except two, and they were right in the, in the place that, my hand was not going to fit in there. My dad tried. We couldn't make it work. We tried everything for maybe an hour or two. And I said, you know, this is frustrating. Let's go to town. So we got a car and we went to town. And I got one of those things that moved to all sides. You know, those, those um, I don't know what you call it, look like a knee. <laughs> so, yeah. So I got one of those and I went home. I said, I think I can make it work with this. Got some masking tape put around just to not you know, keep it in place, and and in five minutes, I get the two bolts out. Well, you need the right tool for the right job, right? (laughs) So, it it was a lesson to learn. I said, don't start a project if you don't have the right tools. Um, And honestly, I think God is doing the same thing with us. He, He is calling people 
And he's using us in his big project. He has a project to accomplish. God is about pursuing man since the beginning, since the time that man didn't answer when he got called, you know. He called Adam and Adam didn't answer. And God's been pursuing man since then. And he wants to have a relationship with man. And blows my mind, but he wants to use us for this ministry of reconciliation to bring people back and to have a knowledge and a relationship with God. Going back um, to some of the things that we learned and during our, our, our orientation in Java, we learned about a word becoming. It, it was a word that for me, with my lack of understanding of English language, it was like becoming. Yes, I, I think I know what it means. But for a long time, for all the orientation time we had, and every meeting with leadership, they were talking, you know, we were, the goal is to become. Sometimes we feel like Indonesians. That's impossible. I am this much taller than them, you know. I'm this much bigger than them, you know. I will never be Indonesian. It's, it's physically impossible. Also, it will become um, effective, in this context, yeah, I can I can see that. Learning the language, learning the culture of the people. So I, I know what they were coming from. They were, they were saying, become something that you are not. We go through extensive training and we get to a place that we feel like, I'm ready. No, you're not. You're just like a two-year-old. You cannot even buy sugar. You know, you can't do anything. So you have to start all over again. And this process is the process that God is using to work in us. Because we are not effective in talking with people. We cannot share about the gospel. We want to, but we can't. Porque ninguém vai entender nada que eu falar. Bisa pakai bahasa yang saja tidak mungkin. Orang bisa mengerti. It's that, that difficulty. The reality is what you guys go through over here when you're in through, you know, trying to reach out people through your relationships is about the same thing that we are going over there. But the difference is, is language and culture, which we have to get over it, you know, and just go to the other side and just move on. So becoming, becoming, becoming something that we are not. And the becoming, it's way more than become fluent in a language, understanding the culture and comfortable in the place that you're living. The becoming is to become all that Christ wants us to be. And then we realize that we cannot ever be Indonesian. We cannot uh, never be uh, fully fluent in Bahasa. We're always going to be learning. We cannot ever always understand everything about the culture because it's not reality. We didn't, we didn't, that, that is not our kampung. I was not born there. There's things that we know by default. You know, because we were raised in that environment, right? Well, we are always going to be learning. But there's one thing that we can be, and we can become, is all that Christ wants us to be. And He is going to be working in us. He's going to be shaping us and making us into an axe head so we can actually be useful to, to carve people's hearts, if that, <laughs> if that is even possible. Um, Often the tools that God uses to make us more like His Son Jesus Christ are hardship, difficulties, stretching us, like I mentioned before, trials. It's, it's through those times that we have a choice always to say, you know God, 
I don't want to do with it. I can't handle this anymore. And we just run away from God. Or we just grab them and say, please, Lord, help me through it. I need you. You know, I cannot do this. I cannot learn this language. I cannot function over here. I cannot become Indonesian. I need you. I want to be all that Christ wants me to be. Job 42, verse 5, uh, says like this. My ears had heard of you, but now my eyes have seen you. I was born in a the, in the Christian family. My dad is a pastor. I grew up knowing the stories, you know, uh, listening to all these stories that is, is taught in Bible school and uh, Bible school and Sunday school and and vacation Bible school and all that kind of stuff and and I knew all of them I know all of them but there is a tremendous difference of knowing and actually experiencing what you know um, and, and that is the reality when Job get to the end of you know uh, of his encounter with God over there, he realized that, yeah, I, I knew you because I heard about you, but now I, I experienced you. Now I, I, I know you in a different way. My eyes can see you. And I hope God is actually shaping you. And it will hurt. <laughs> and it does. It's not easy. We don't want that. We scream. We want to get out of there because it's uncomfortable. We don't want to be going through through hard things, through the things that will just stretch us. But the reality is if we just face it and just grab on Jesus, man, the result is awesome because we feel peace and the God working in us and just whatever results we get is because He was using us even though we didn't realize sometimes. There is a specific job that God is doing. Like I mentioned before, He is pursuing relationship with man. He wants to have relationship with sinners. And He wants to use us for that. We started out as unfinished tools that often has been, that after being assembled and, and sharpened, it can be used to dig out a canoe. So what we do now, what, is, what, is the, what should we do? We know, okay, it's awesome you're saying that God wants to use us, He's working in us, but what now? How can we, we walk, you know, next, next steps and stuff? And I, I wanted to, to ask you to open your Bibles in 2 Corinthians 4. And guys, I, I've been going back and forth in 2 Corinthians 4 for a while. And, and the reality is there's a lot that we can study and learn and go deep and, and stick to just one verse. And, and I'm not going to do that today. Um, uh, I'm not going to have time for that. But there is, there is something that uh, Kelly, Kelly mentioned that too in, in Sunday school. And, um, and we're going to be reading verse 7 here. But we have this treasure in 2 Corinthians 4, verse 7. But we have this treasure in jars of clay. So. To show that this all-suppressing power is from God and not from us. We are had pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. Um, it seems like a lot of these words are not 
fully reality for us, but one thing is reality. The power that we saw, you know, and the result because of the results we have, the positive results, the power came from God, is not from us. Because we felt throughout the whole time we are incapable of doing this. Because it's bigger than us. Kelly mentioned about her, her friend that said, I can't do this. I can't live in this place. I can't not do this. And her husband said, good. That's exactly the place that God wants you to be. Because then the result is because God has been working through us and he is giving us the ability of facing the trials, of facing the difficulty, and just keep pressing on and focusing in what is important. But what is important? Um, look down on the verse 18. So we fix our eyes not in what is seen, but, is, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. After we came back from Indonesia, like I mentioned before, we were very tired. We were burned out. We were you know, not sure what is next. We have all these plans to go back. We feel like they are bigger than they the plans we had before. So what was what, next for us? We, we were part of a conference in uh, Nebraska, and the theme of the conference was uh, keeping eternity in view. And one of our teachers from, from training center, from the, the mission school, uh, he was the speaker. And we didn't know he was going to be there. So it was very nice to see him again after so many years and share a little bit about our ministry over in Papua and and hear from him as well. And he served in Papua New Guinea for many years. He translated the word of God into the, the, the tribal language. And he's continued to work on the Old Testament right now. So I had a lot of questions to him. I said, man, I, I have a question for you. How do you keep the balance? He said, oh, you tell me if you find out how. Because I'm still looking for a way to keep the balance. I said, oh, I had hope. I don't have now. You know, I lost all the hope I had to find a balance in ministry and life and kids and wife and all that. But throughout that conference, one thing that it was, you know, spoken over and over again, it was keep your eyes in eternity. Our life is really short. And if we keep our eyes in things that are around us, if I keep our eyes on the virus problem, we get desperate because it's bigger than us. How can we possibly contain this global mess? I mean, one country is doing great. Maybe the other one is not. But then people travel. And then what do you do? You know. So it seems like it's impossible to do that. But just for a moment, just think about eternity. Think about this being such a small little problem. And in light of eternity, if you look back, any problem is extremely small. If we go back a little bit on the verse 16, Therefore, we do not lose heart. We don't get discouraged. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that is far away them all. Them what? The problems. And it's so interesting. The, the, the speaker at this conference was saying, you know, he got a feather and he got something heavy. And he said, you know, we possibly can find a machine or 
a scale or something that can weight that feather and can weight this big rock, whatever it is, you know. And you can get a precise measurement of how much each one weighs. But he said, when we look at this verse, is almost there is no way to compare. It's like there is out of the charts. You cannot compare the glory that's waiting for us in eternal, eternal glory with the troubles that we are going through. Man, that is amazing. It's impossible for actually for my brain to fully understand that. Because right now, language study is too big. Right now, I can't find the balance. Right now, the virus is a mess. I don't, we don't know how to, it's going to end up being. But if we keep our eyes in eternity, everything goes back into perspective. And I'm not proud to say this, you know. It seems like we lost our sight for a while. You know, my tendency, my personality is, we have a task, we have a job, let's get it done. I absolutely hate the idea of just, oh, let's, uh, let's just keep going, you know. Looking into the culture of Asia, you know, that's kind of a not that important. The task is not important, the relationship is. So, because of the, the, the battle we have something that needs to get done, but we also want to focus on relationship. Man, that is stressful because you want to move on, but you also want to spend time with people. You want to get the job done, but you also want to have meaningful relationships with pastors, with believers, with unbelievers, with Muslims, with whoever. One of my f- best friends in Indonesia, in Papua, he is a, he is a Muslim guy. He helped me with a project that I had. Um, I had a motorbike, um, bought a motorbike when uh, we, we were in Manado. Very nice, got a brand new, uh, it was a good deal. Uh, they were sale from the last year, so anyways, bought that bike, love it. It was great, it was like those, you know, uh, mountain bikes looking thing. So I thought, this is perfect. If I go to the tribe, it will be awesome. They'll have roads or anything, I can go through the jungle with this thing, it's going to be great. But well, my bike doesn't break because it's brand new. And my friends, they always have problems with their bikes. So when we moved to Papua, I decided to sell my bike and to buy, and to buy something that would need some attention. So I bought an old uh, Vespa, Italian Vespa, you know, the scooters? Yeah. So I got one of those very old ones and paid 200 bucks for it. It was not that expensive. But... Um, it was falling apart. So I went to this shop and I talked to the guy and I said, you know, I really like these Vespas. And I actually, actually do. They are nice looking things. But I said, I, I want to re- restore this one. I want to make it look nice and I want to fix the engine. But the, the, the truth is I don't know anything about two-stroke engines, you know. So would you help me get this done? He said, I, I'm willing to, but you're going to have to come and work after hours because I have my shop and I'm going to be working here all day. I said, okay, sounds good to me. So I was doing my thing during the day. I had language sessions still. I had other things I had to take care of. After work, I was going to the shop and we took the whole thing apart. We took all the paint out. We scraped all the paint. We burn it, you know. We paint it again. We made it look nice. We fixed the engine. We fixed the engine five times and it's still not good, but 
We, we keep working on it, you know. It's an old thing. You can't find parts for it so easy anymore. So we have to make parts for it, you know. We use pliers and a piece of wire to hold things together. And But I learned so much with, uh, with this project. And I learned that people respect you because they, they feel like, oh, you're, you're a bully, like a white person. You're a bully, but you live like us, you know. You, you could totally buy a brand new bike, but you're buying an old piece of junk and, and you know, living like we, we live. And, and it's funny, when I, I, my bike breaks, I stop and get some juice from a lady that's selling inside of the street. And they said, no, I'm going to call a friend to come pick up the, the bike or to help me with it. And I called a friend, and she probably was expecting this happened, okay? She was expecting that a boule guy will come with big pickup or something to put the motorbike in there, you know, or something. No, came this Javanese guy with his bike. I said, oh, let's go to the shop. I have to work on this in the shop. So I sit on my motorbike, and he put his foot on the bike like this, and he pushed me all the way back, just like they do. <laughs> Guys, the reality is relationship is important. I could totally have a nice bike and just get things done, go here, there, be home early, but I will be missing out opportunities to just hang out with these people. And I don't know what God is going to do with this relationship. I had people asking, so have you talked about Jesus to this guy? Have you shared the gospel with him? I said, I really want to. I don't know how. I don't know how. I don't want to just start a fight because it will be very easy, you know? I don't want to just point the things that were different, you know? And he is a good Muslim. He is respected, so I've been using the opportunity to learn more about what is important for him. And a lot of things, it works, you know. Uh, he works really hard. You do this, you know. Uh, um, you, you do things for the community. So that may, makes you a good Muslim, you know. Of course, the prayers, go to Mecca, all this stuff is part of it. But even inside of the Islam, they have so many different denominations, you know. They have different mosques, I guess, I don't know what you call it, you know, but they just have different uh, lines of thoughts. So I've been learning a lot and, and I've been praying, Lord, help me be faithful in this relationship and, and to use opportunities as you please. So I got many other stories to tell. We got into some different things um, with the community for the sake of relationship. No, raising chickens is one thing. Because it's important for them. You sit down. No, you don't sit down. You just squat and you have roosters everywhere. And, and you just kind of drink coffee and you talk. And, and you stay there for hours. Because that's their hobby. They love that. They, got, they like those fighting roosters, you know. So I got a couple too. And I said, okay, I have one. Do so you want to come to my house to see it? Oh, I would love to. Come. So... We have time again to sit down, to have coffee, to talk. It's way beyond the chicken deal. It's not about the chickens, you know. It's about the relationship and opportunities to be with people. Um, let's not lose sight of what is eternal. As we live our lives today, let's just keep our eyes in eternity. Um, I found this verse... Uh, ah, Every time I say verse is not, is a quote from Ernest Hemingway. 
Uh, it's good to have an end to journey toward, but it's the journey that matters in the end. And, you know, we were missing out, I was missing out because of my task-oriented kind of a mentality, you know. Missing out the journey. God is calling us into a journey. It's not just a go here, there, and get the job done. It's, it's a process, and He is using uh, the process to work in our lives. And, and that it's been an amazing journey. Um, we came back a little bit like uncertain of what's next. And we are getting towards the, the time of going back to Indonesia and we're looking forward to it. Going back and be among the Miobo people. Totally different people. Very laid back people. They are not interested on time at all. We had meetings scheduled for Sore, which is a time between three and dark. Okay? So he told us, we're gonna meet, I'll meet you at Sore at, at the house. Good. We'll be there. So we made sure three o'clock we were there. We sit down and waited until 12 at night. It was midnight when he came over and he said, oh, maybe we should talk tomorrow. It's quite late. And I said, yeah, you said that you would be here at Sore. You know, what's going on? I said, oh, I was fishing. You know, no apologies. That is normal. We are the ones that were, you know, always looking our, our watch to see what time it is. They don't care. I said, oh, it was a good day for fishing. I got a lot of fish. I said, good for you. So we talk tomorrow. And, and that's, it's, been, it's been a process. I mean, the whole, the whole process of surveys took us almost two years, you know, to get permissions to be able to move on and build our house among the Miobo people and to start working, you know, and learning their language and culture, you know, and teach God's word in their heart language. That is an extremely great potential uh, to see the gospel spreading all over throughout that region. There is no work like we were doing in that area. So we feel like it's a great opportunity. So I have a little, um, I want to I finish with that, but where do I put that one? We didn't have, we didn't make a prayer card this time, but we made a little uh, folder with some information about Miobu. Um, if the people responsible for uh, the protocol, whatever, allow you guys to have one of those. It's going to be on top of the, <laughs> the table there. Um, the reason that we did this is because you can get one and you have a lot of information to pray for. You can pray for our team. Pray for unity. You know, we are a very international team. We have three families, one from South Korea, one from, from Texas, and us, half American, half Brazilian, you know. Um, so if you don't know how to pray for us, you have information there that you can be praying for a team. You can be praying for wisdom as we move forward in these relationships. You know, there's a few projects there. Uh, we have some, a lot of things coming up this year. Building the house is going to be quite challenging, um, even if I had all the money for it, it still will be a extremely hard work because I don't know how to do it. We have absolutely nothing in this island. It's a small island, three by six miles. No, three miles by six miles. It's just the people that live there. So how are we going to move the material, you know, ship the material? Uh, how are we going to take everything to the job site and all that? It's, it's going to be quite challenging. But it's all right. We're moving forward one step at a time. Be praying for that. And I want to focus on the back here. Um, 
As you pray for us, if you want to talk to us, call me. I'm not going to answer because I'm over there. But I will know you called me. I'm going to get an email and I'll call you back. I have been doing that for four years because I like that. I like talking with you. I like the in- interacting with you. I don't like emails. You know, newsletter um, is hard because it's very general. It's not personal, you know. So if you want to know a little bit, oh, I'm thinking about the Stephens. I'm wondering what's going on right now. Give me a call. I'll get an email. I'll call you back. Just leave your number there. I'll call you back. It doesn't cost me a- nothing. I even can call you from Surui, which is really close to the tribe where we're going to be in. So technology is, is helping us a lot with, in that way, and we can keep in touch. Um, we have a blog that we update every time we have a chance. Uh, we just post some things of what's going on in ministry over there, what is next, what just happened, that kind of thing. If you feel like just following us in there, you can put your email and you get a notification on your email every time we have something new. And if you like old-style paper, writing, plenty in the mail, you can do that too. We get there in, in, in Santani. So, yeah, and we, we try to be very faithful in, in responding and getting back to you guys because we feel like you're part of it. You know, if you're interested in knowing what's going on over there, we are interested in telling you what's going on over there. And that helps you to know how to pray more specific for us and help us know too that you guys are involved over here and we hear from you too about what you're doing, your ministry, your responsibilities, you know, with, uh, with God's work over here. So thank you so much for the opportunity. Let's keep our eyes in eternity. That's my to-go message today. So let's pray. Uh, dear Lord, thank you so much for this day. Uh, thank you for the opportunity of just being here and report a little bit about um, what you've been teaching us and you've been uh, challenging us with uh, throughout these four years that we've been living in, in Indonesia. Lord, we are grateful because uh, you are a faithful God and, and you're doing your work. We are grateful for being part of it. Uh, we know that you don't need us, but you want to use our lives. Lord, looking forward with all the things, the unknowns and things that are ahead of us. Um, Kelly and I with ministry over there. Uh, Chiwila Church over here with ministry over here. So many things being canceled. Uh, so many things that were very unclear at this point. Lord, we are just we just want to move forward and trust you. Trust that you're going to give us great opportunities to be a blessing along the way and help us to be aware of those opportunities and just help us to be faithful to you and, and faithful to your word and sharing with people that we have a chance of sharing with and, uh, and just keep us safe, uh, give us health, uh, as we move forward with life here. And all the plans and projects and things I had in Indonesia, Lord, we trust all those things in your hands, Lord. We don't know at this point, but we know that you are in control of everything. Thank you once again, Lord, for this opportunity. In Jesus' name.